Hello and welcome to the Painless Podcast. It's Chris Hartwick from Painless Networking here with a special live episode for Painless Pod number 42. We'll be coming to you live from the University of Illinois Sports Business Conference. Great chat on breaking into and staying in sports business with two terrific guests. Chicago White Sox's Joe Ranofsky, Chicago Wolves' Anthony Krizak. Now on each Painless Podcast, we connect with good human beings from sports and event marketing world. We're not here for sound bites, but conversations with smart, interesting, generous people on how they've reached the success they've had and how mentoring and networking have helped shape their careers. Now, whether you love it or fear it, it's time to take the pain out of networking. How? Well, for one, check out www.painless.network. Set up your free profile. You can simply directly connect with other members, painlessly find a solution to post or share a job or an internship or a project in real time, or maybe find yourself an awesome new job, or identify, vet, and connect with a partner or vendor. Just head to the newpainless.network today to take the pain out of networking. We've already surpassed more than 500 members using the new site, and nearly 200 jobs and internships have been posted. In fact, there's about 50 active roles up on painless.network right now, so go check it out. All right, a couple quick housekeeping notes. First, for all my fellow Chicagoans, if you've got cabin fever like I do, here's a great solution. The Bank of America Shamrock Shuffle 8K is coming up in just a few weeks now, March 25th. Our good friends at the Shuffle are once again this year offering a discounted race entry for painless members. Sign up today. Use the code PAINLESS. Get 10 bucks off. Just use that code PAINLESS when you register at shamrockshuffle.com. Secondly, if you're interested in the 2018 IEG Sponsorship Conference, also coming up pretty soon, you can painlessly save 450 bucks on a conference admission. What? Yep, you better believe it. Head to IEG2018.com. Use a special painless member code, IEG2018PN. That's IEG2018PN. And get 20% off IEG Sponsorship Conference April 8th through 11th at Chicago's Sheraton Grand Hotel. So many great speakers and panels and roundtables and, of course, networking opportunities. I'm even going to be doing a special live Painless podcast there. See the pod description for the link and that special Painless code. All right, let's get going. Today's ISBC panel with Anthony and Joe. We recorded it last Friday, February 23rd at the beautiful Memorial Stadium in Champaign, Illinois. Huge thanks to the ISBC crew, especially Jamar Williams and Steven Singer for making this special pod happen. Now let's get connected with Joe and Anthony. You're here to hear uh, about these two guys. I'm gonna grill them about how they got in the business and uh, got to their uh, successful point they already are at. And uh, I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. So to start off the Painless Podcast, we'll have Joe Ranofsky, he's a, just, just uh, uh, promoted recently to manager corporate uh, sponsorship sales, right? Yes, for the White Sox. You look confusing, confused to me, like, did George not <laughs> How tell did you? How did you know that? <laughs> did George not tell you? So he's a manager of corporate sponsorship sales for the Chicago White Sox, and the other guest up here is Anthony, and I still can't get it right, Krizak? Krizak. Krizak. Yeah. Close. Uh, he's a, also a manager level sales development manager for the Chicago Wolves. Both are grads, and I'm going to have them each tell a little bit about uh, what they did here at U of I and when they graduated. Joe, we'll start with you. Give us a quick job description of what you're doing currently, 
and then uh, we'll let Anthony give his background, and then we'll go uh, in the time machine. Yeah, so uh, I work in corporate sponsorship sales for the White Sox that uh, we sell big signs, right? So all the advertisers inside the ballpark, we are negotiating those relationships. Um, 2008 grad from the University of Illinois, stuck around to do my master's degree, uh, recreation, sport, and tourism. Um, that's kind of the quick 20-second version, you right? In, you grew up in the Chicago area, right? Yeah, so I grew up in the Chicagoland area, uh, LaGrange Park, went to Lyons Township High School, um, spent most of my time he at the University of Illinois wondering if I was ever going to make it in sports, like had no plan, <laughs> no, no roadmap. Come from a family of firefighters, so they really <laughs> doesn't relate to sports all that well outside of them being the loudest ones at the park. Um, <laughs> That's but, an important uh, skill. Yeah. All right, we'll talk, I want to talk some more about that, but Anthony, why don't you, for, for everybody here, what's, you know, what's your day-to-day -day kind of a role right now with the Wolves? So yeah, I'm with the Chicago Wolves, which is the, now the top affiliate for the Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL. My day-to-day -day is I'm a sales manager, so I manage our inside sales team of about four or five junior sales reps. Along with that, I'm still selling full-time, so I'm selling season tickets, group outings, uh, premium options. Um, I went to the University of Illinois as well, graduated in 2010 with a sports management uh, degree, recreation, sport, and tourism. Um, grew up in Chicagoland area, currently live in Chicago and Bucktown, so that's where I'm at. That's where you're at. How did you, you know, when you were a student here, let's, I'll throw this to you first, Anthony. When you All were right. a student here, what did you want to be when you grew up? What was it, you know, oh, when man. you were a student, what did you think you were going to do uh, getting out of school? Well, I came here undecided, so I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, kind of stumbled into an RST class and was like, oh, man, you can work in sports. I, I played sports my entire life. That's what I want to do. And then I'm sure a lot of people, a few people in here had the dream of being a GM. So that was what I wanted to do. I was telling everybody I'm a GM for the Bulls or the Bears or something like that and quickly realized that that wasn't the career path that was going to happen for me and transitioned into ticket sales because... Ticket sales is kind of the, the most available option in sports, so I, I just took that opportunity, and I'm now a, a sales development manager, and I love selling tickets to people and telling them to give me their money, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's good. It's, it's an important skill to be able to ask for money, but uh, what, was your, what was your first job out of, uh, out of U of I? So, out of you, so the sports management program, you had to do an internship, basically, to graduate. It was your last class last class. So I had to do, I got hooked up with the Western Golf Association, which puts on the BMW championship uh, every year. And I did a sales and marketing internship for them, basically kind of the same stuff I'm doing now where I was calling people trying to sell them on different packages for the, the BMW championship, whether it be premium, whether it be individual tickets. So um, that's where was my start. And what would be, so for a little bit more background about these, these guys here that are you know, trying to figure out what their first job is. Sure. When you made those calls, how, were you given a list? Were you given a script? Were you given much direction? Were you, you know, was it only individuals? Was it companies? Like, right. how did you figure that out? So yeah, I was given a, a like a little bit of a script first when I started at the at the BMW Championship and a list of people to call that we had email marketed to. But it was basically go out there and, and survive. You know, just get out there and, and figure it out. So I was just calling a list of companies that may or may not have gotten our email, and 
um, trying to convince them, hey, do you like golf? Do you want to you check this out? No? Okay, next one. Um, <laughs> along with that, there was a lot of inbound orders, so I was taking a lot of inbound requests and, and trying to upsell them on, no, don't just buy this ticket. Why don't you buy the three-day package, or why don't you look into some of our premium options? So, um, yeah, day-to-day was in front of a phone or being sent out to, like, your local golf galaxy and trying to promote the event. How did you learn to get to get better at that, to get, like, you talk about upselling. You know, you, you have, there's some things you, you learn about clues or you sure. know, ways to deliver that message. Did you have a, was it a boss or a peer, or did you figure that stuff out on your own? A little of both. So my, my manager at the Western Golf Association also went to U of I. He, his name was Nick Lappin, and uh, he was kind of my mentor, so I could bounce things off of him. But a lot of the times, it's just uh, trial and error and, and kind of seeing, you know, where you're at and what's going to work. And, and then when you find something that does eventually work, you kind of latch onto that and, and you keep reproducing that. You know, when you get like your, your first sale in ticket sales, um, you're like, oh, then you think back, you're like, how did that happen? How did this, you know, let me reanalyze the exact ways I got this and let's try to recreate the situation over and over and over so that I can get more sales and make more money for myself. And what did you hear no about 999 oh. times out of 1,000? Yeah, you hear no a lot. You have to have pretty thick skin. Um, so if you're in ticket sales and, and you're calling people and, and you're really sensitive, um, you get over that real quick. Or you get over the job. Really or, quick. yeah, or you find another line of work. Right. What was, you also started in ticket sales, basically, Joe. How did that, you know, how did that break come about? Share that, how. Yeah, so uh, junior year, uh, undergrad, going through high level of anxiety of what am I going to do with my life as we, everyone tells you that you need an internship. So I was talking with Dr. Raycraft in his office and uh, in walks a guy named Brian Ament who had just been hired for, to be the ticket manager uh, at the University of Illinois. So uh, Dr. Raycraft basically in a half-joking manner said, hey, Brian, hire this guy. <laughs> So um, started working part-time at the Illinois ticket office, taking inbound calls, uh, upselling people for tickets. So this is 2007, right around there. And that's kind of my break was never applied for the job, really. I went over there, and it was, hey, nice guy, got a somewhat head on his shoulders. Like, we'll give him a chance in the ticket office. So that's... And basically worked to make a little money get a little experience down here, get paid a few bucks an hour. Exactly, yeah, yeah. $8 an hour. Was it the same thing? Were you also handed a list for outgoing calls, or were you mostly just doing it? So, uh, yes, I fully expected that I was going to be making outgoing phone calls, but it was purely inbound calls, right? So uh, at the time, Illinois, the athletic department wasn't set up like how it is today where people are making outbound calls. It was purely inbound phone calls. So waiting for the phone to ring a lot, and... uh, you know, getting my homework done at the same time. So it's a great way to start in sports. So right. Speak. Well, making that break is something we talked about, is taking advantage of it. Now you're in the door and you've got something on your resume that, hey, I've got this legit experience and you feel confident in an interview saying, oh, yeah, I know what this, this ticketing system is. I know how the sales process works. You don't want to demean it too much that right, right, it right. really gave you the lift you needed for something that you'd say was very simple. Yeah, and, and, and that helps me in my do- job today just because I understand fully, you know, PACUL and the co- collegiate ticketing system and um, understanding allocating priority points for this group gets to sit in the front row and this group's in the back. Just understanding that and really what the problems that I dealt with in the ticket office, it, it was always the fire drill, right? It's I forgot my tickets at home um, or 
you know, uh, we lost our tickets, right? And give me additional ones. And this is before barcoding even existed at the University of Illinois. So you would just have a paper ticket, they would look at it, rip the bottom, and you'd walk through the door. So we had to deal with a lot of problems with people just saying, oh, I never got my tickets. And then you've got thousands of people in this venue that haven't paid to get in. So that's kind of the foundation. And <laughs> that was my day-to-day -day problem for the two football seasons that I worked here. And then that led for you to a job at the Bears. Yes. And, how, and again, connections, some networking, and, and that's how that came about. Tell, tell these guys how that happened. Yeah, so uh, one of my other bosses at the University of Illinois ticket office was a guy by the name of Steve Landris. Um, and he, um, in 2001, when the Bears were renovating Soldier Field, the Bears played their home games in Memorial Stadium here. So. Uh, at the time, George McCaskey, who's the uh, family owns Bears, he was running their ticket office and had called down to Illinois and Steve and said, hey, do you have a kid uh, that's going to be graduating soon that's from Chicago that can help us out on game days? Um, and Steve mentioned my name. So I went up there and met with George and uh, Lee Twarling, who is their uh, senior vice president of sales now. And they offered me a job to help them out on game days. So it was anything that George Hurley needed, basically. I was running around like chicken with my head cut off um, at, at the stadium and really helping them in any capacity needed just because of, you know, they had trust in me because of the recommendation from Steve. Yeah, and that, you know, it, and they're not just gonna give that to anybody. We talked about that, you know, Virginia McCaskey is the, the matriarch of the queen, queen bear of the bears, you would help her coming into the games and make sure she was taken care of. And you're making connections. Part of you is like, oh, I'm just a gopher, but you're also operating in a different, you know, the highest level of connections within the organization and making relationships and also understanding how to connect with those folks. So I don't think that, you know, they'd hand that to just anybody. I mean, it was, do you think that some of that was work ethic? Was that, you know, you got along with everybody, you, you know, was there anything that you'd say with why they chose you over somebody else? I, I love sports, right? I thought this was the coolest thing to be doing as a 20, 21-year-old guy, right? Like, okay, here's, and those weren't full-time jobs, right? So it's part-time in the Illinois ticket office and part-time for the Chicago Bears. It was, I thought this was cool, even though, like, my paycheck was, like, $100, right? Like, that was awesome. That, And I think you take pride in that because... I didn't want to like disappoint anybody because I had people that made a recommendation, like Raycraft made a recommendation to this guy um, that hired me at the ticket office, and that guy in turn recommended me to uh, the Bears. So you kind of didn't want to burn any bridges, but you didn't want to let the person that was putting faith in you leave them hang hung out to dry, so to speak. And so you had to actually work a real job, as we say, just to keep money coming in, real money coming in, and pay bills and things like that, right? Yes, yeah. So at the time, I was working for a company in Chicago called uh, NCSA Sports. Um, I did not like it, and that's okay. I was making a lot of outbound phone calls, and I said, okay, this is not what I want to be doing with my life, is just dialing for dollars, so to speak. Um, so I was consistently just looking around for a different job. What am I going to do full-time? And uh, I work for the White Sox now, but at the time, that chance opportunity came to interview for a corporate sponsorship job with the Cubs. So I'm a White Sox fan, but at the time, you take what opportunities are presented to you. Uh, and I went and interviewed uh, with a uh, lady named Sam Coghill, 
uh, in the corporate partnerships department for the Cubs. And then, I think you're being too, too kind, but that led yes. to, you, you know, you say you bombed it is how he tells it, but you obviously did well enough that Sam then actually recommended you somebody else who you got a call out of the blue from. Yeah, so I was waiting to hear back from the Cubs and was waiting and waiting and waiting and uh, I was out to dinner one night and I got an email on my Blackberry <laughs> um, from Josh Kreitzler who uh, is the president and co-founder of uh, Property Consulting Group. So I thought to myself reading this email, I don't want to go lease properties in Chicago. I don't want to <laughs> do anything with selling residential or commercial real estate. Like, what is this? Uh, so I look them up and they uh, were a sports marketing and consulting agency out of Chicago that uh, at the time uh, worked with Clear Channel Airports for experiential and sponsorship programs and then also represented the village of Rosemont, so the Allstate Arena, the convention center, and then the new, uh, at the time, MB Financial uh, Park. That was my first entree from tick leaving the ticketing side into sponsorship and marketing. And how did you make that from doing a lot of stuff that was ticket-based? I think people would say, well, you know, I don't want to do ticket sales, but that's a, a very common way to get started in the team side. Making that transition, did you look to, to make, like, were you trying to make that happen or was it more that this opportunity came up with Josh to be more on sponsorship side or, or was it you know, a fluke? I mean, how, how did that? Yeah, so when I was doing research on the company PCG, um, it, uh, Dan Miguel was also Josh's partner uh, in finding this and I said, I got to work for these guys. Just they were uh, widely respected within the sports industry and I just thought, okay, I've done the ticketing side so I have that foundation you know, what's the next step, and that was sponsorship, and I really wanted to work in baseball, a huge baseball fan, but when the opportunity presented itself to meet Josh and Dan, uh, just their resumes, it's like, you know, they're going to put me in the right spot. Right, right, very sharp guys. If, you've, if you haven't listened to all the Painless podcasts already, shame on you, but uh, I think it's about eight, maybe number 18 or so. From last summer, Dan Magala is one of the guests that's on there, and his story is is terrific. I would highly recommend it. He has some great recommendations about getting started and finding your passion within the sports marketing business. And so one last thing, and we'll finally let Anthony uh, power back up his mic, but that takes you to the next job was the White Sox. You worked for about three years with PCG Sports Desk, which is now Forefront. They just rebranded themselves this last week. But the move to the White Sox, how did that come about? There, you know, everything's not this linear path, right? So when I was working at PCG, another job opportunity came up that I took that didn't work out, right? And so I went right back to PCG and part of what Josh and Dan said, and hey, you know, you're gonna stick around for a year. We don't want you just bouncing all over. And so I agreed and actually the White Sox called me right during that window <laughs> and I had to tell them no. And I was true to my word, Josh and Dan, that I was gonna give you this year that I wasn't just gonna leave you high and dry like I had just done two months prior. So uh, playing hard to get <laughs> might uh, help that, but the White Sox job uh, became available. And to tie everything back around, uh, George McDaniel, who's our head of sponsorship sales for the White Sox, um, is really good friends with Steve Landris, who was the ticket manager at Illinois. So um, just using that network that I had built, um, and I say built very loosely, but just putting myself in the right position and working for the right groups of people. Um, it was a process that, hey, I've sold sponsorship. Um, I have a resume that speaks for itself, but 
um, with the support of Josh and Dan behind that and the personal connection that George and, and actually Jeff Florky, who we work with as well, um, everyone's kind of friends, right? That's just how the industry works. And um, I like to say that well, the, my network signed off on it, right? No, but that's it, that that's the beauty of the network. If it's working right and you're, <clears throat> you're working hard and building a good reputation for yourself, working with mentors and other people, they're your resume basically for you. They teed you up on this thing with the socks. Now you, you know, it wasn't totally teed up, guaranteed home run. You had to go then and interview well and all that kind of a thing. But it was presented to you because you had worked and networked and found mentors and worked towards this goal. So you're, I, I like your modesty, but I'm trying to <laughs> That's okay. break it down for these guys too. So your, your path, Anthony, is, is a little bit different that, that you've more worked up within the wolves. I mean, you, you did the gig with the BMW Championships and Western Golf Association, right? And then actually you started with the Wolves also as an intern, right? It wasn't Correct. a full-time job. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how did you get in the door using, say, the BMW Championships, Western Golf, to get into the Wolves, and how have you carved out your, your path there at the Wolves? Sure. Um, kind of similar in terms of the networking. I mean, even taking a step back, when I needed to find an internship, I was... I was freaking out, like, I'm, not, I'm never going to graduate. Like, I, I'm never going to find this internship. And my teacher at the time, um, Ryan Gower's wife, uh, I was working really hard in the class, and, and she noticed that and hooked me up with Nick Lappin, who is the Western Golf Association, uh, my boss over there at the time. Um, he went to U of I, so there's that connection. So it was basically a, a phone call and, hey, you go to U of I, I go to U of I. All right, you got the job. You know, <laughs> very simple. Um, Nick is not a complicated guy. No, not at I all. Know Nick very well. <laughs> so yeah, he's a very good guy. Um, so then I'm at the Western Golf Association and I'm I'm working hard and it's coming towards the end of my term and I'm again like, well, I'm going to be unemployed now. What am I going to do? And Nick Lappin, he, you know, he brings me into his office and he goes, you know, there's really no opportunities here, um, but you're doing really well. I know the president of the Chicago Wolves. His name is Mike Gordon. Um, let me give you, you know, let me give him a phone call and get your resume over. Um, I immediately, like maybe the day or two later, got an email from Kurt Gruber, who was my boss at the time, um, who did uh, business development with the Wolves. He was their director, and he said, hey, come in for an interview. I came in for the interview, obviously, with a good recommendation, and a couple weeks later, got an internship with the Wolves, and then kind of just worked my way up from ticket sales intern to account rep, account executive, senior account executive, and, and now I'm in a role where I, where I really wanted to be, which is management, which is managing junior sales reps along with selling. On, on selling, are you selling uh, under you? Is it both tickets and sponsorship? Is sponsorship separate? Or how, how does sure. that work within the, yeah. the organization? The Wolves, I mean, we, we, it is separate. So there is a partnerships department that does similar things to Joe. Um, and then there's a ticket sales department. So I'm more on the ticket sales side. And then even within our ticket sales department, that's split up too. So then you have uh, season ticket sales, and then you have group outings, and you can, you can have a focus on either or. I'm more focused on season ticket sales, but uh, at the end of the day, it's all sales. So if you can bring in a huge group, or if I happen to call somebody and they want to do a partnership, like I can sell that too. But my main focus is season tickets. And you, but you also manage a team as well. So yes, you say five people. Yeah, I manage. It ranges every year. This year it was four, um, but I manage a team of four. Uh, what we call them inside sales reps, and they're all kids that are just out of college or you know looking to break into sports and don't maybe have that much sales experience or maybe no sales experience. And I'm 
you know, bringing them in and teaching them how to sell. And it's basically a, a tryout period where they work for nine months the entire season. And then if they hit certain goals, they're, they're hired on full time. All right. So we haven't talked yet about the draft board. And I think now might be a good time. And they've got an interesting setup at, uh, at the Wolves that Anthony is going to break down for us. Uh, you're sitting there going, oh, wait, he just said he hires a lot of kids right out of school. I should go hit him up for a job right now. How, how do I go make that happen? Well, you've got something that I really like. Uh, Mike Gordon, I, I know that uh, Mike's the president of the Wolves. I know him well, and he's told me some about this. I, think, I, I love this concept. It's a draft board. What does that mean for somebody that's trying to get into the Wolves? In my time with the Wolves, I've noticed that um, prior to this draft board, we would just hire when everyone, whenever someone left. Um, and what we kind of noticed is that in getting, instead of getting the best candidate, you're just kind of settling because you need to fill a role. Um, so what we've kind of done, and, and if you get into sports, you'll, you'll see that there is a lot of turnover and a lot of people move on to different organizations or whatever. Um, so what we've been doing is we've been interviewing full time, um, you know, all year round. So even if we don't have any openings, we'll still do informational interviews. And what we do is we, we interview someone, we rank them on a set of 10 uh, criteria, one to 10, you can get a score out of 100. And then just like a, like a fantasy draft board, we put you in a, an Excel sheet that lists you from, you know, wherever you rank. So wherever your score is, is where you're going to rank. Uh, and then we keep that information so that um, if there is an opening, you know, we can go back to our draft board and we can be like, you know, this person scored really well in these areas and this is kind of what we're looking for. Let's call this person up and see what they're, where they're at or what they're doing in their career. People at other teams may operate somewhat like that. They just haven't done a good job of putting structure to it. So I think you'll, you know, you've got somebody you know, at the Sox that's highly recommended. You may not have a spot. You do an inf informational interview type thing and you keep them top of mind. But I think this is taking it to the next step then so that when it's available, the position is available, you're going to the best of the best, not just the person that you can think of that's in most recent. If somebody wants to, to get into the mix, get on, get on the sure. draft board in your case, yeah. what's the, how does the Wolves, how does it work with you guys to get in and talk to someone? There's really no correct path. I mean, you can apply to teamwork online. You can reach out to me directly. You can reach out to our president. You can have had, you know, our president could have known somebody that you know and, and they got referred. There's a million different ways. I'm at career fairs. So there's a ton of opportunities, not only with the Wolves, but just in general in sports to reach out and, and kind of get noticed. Um, it's really just the onus is on you as the candidate to, to make yourself available because, I mean, we, set, we, we, we have teamwork online. We'll put job descriptions up there and we'll get hundreds of, of resumes. But, you know, what's going to make you stand out is if, if you reach out to me. And, and usually when someone reaches out to me directly or just goes onto the website and goes, hey, I'm, I'm interested in getting to sports. I'd love to do an informational interview or see what, you know, pick someone's brain. Um, that's more noticeable is, is taking that, that charge, that... that um, that command of your career. I highly recommend always, to, if you're not on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn because that's what I think this peer group of people of 10 to 20 years of experience that would be hiring, that's what we're using at a professional level to connect with each other. So get on LinkedIn, get in there and find connections to other people. Now don't just rely on it that you send it, oh he went to Illinois and I'm going to send it to him and hope he notices. Use your connections that that you know, somebody else is an intermediary could tee it up and hand him the resume or email it to him that he's now going to notice it and is far more likely to talk to you. There's so many ways to make that, take the seven degrees of separation down to two or one 
that you can get to them and get it in front of them. And like he said, they post one, one job on teamwork online and you might have 200 people. And I, know, I deal with it all the time. People coming up to me, well, how do I make myself stand out? Well, that's how you make yourself stand out. You're one of the few people that took the initiative to find somebody else that's connected to him, has a relationship with him, and gets to him. And the best way to do it, oftentimes, is through your alumni group. I mean, would you, I'm, I'm putting words maybe in your mouth, Joe, but I mean, is it similar for what you guys do at the Sox? Yeah, and, and I'm not directly uh, involved in ticket sales and them hiring that um, separate departments, but, but I do I mean, have say to say- if somebody wants to work on the sponsorship partnership side, how do they get in and get noticed, get an opportunity with the Sox? Yeah, and, and a lot of people are reaching out to me, and the thing that I think is my pain point in that is I get people's parents reaching out to me, telling <laughs> <laughs> that their son is a huge White Sox fan and uh, you know wants to work in baseball operations for the White Sox, which is not my side of the uh, of the hall. So um, understanding you're going to take ownership of your career, your life, your parents have gotten you up to this point. Now it's, okay, step aside, mom and dad, and speak for That's yourself, first, right? First piece of advice, yeah. Yeah, uh, and one of the things that I do, you know, a lot of people reach out to me, play the Illinois card. Um, I say, hey, great, come find me at the Sox game next time you're at the ballpark. And I, being honest, not one person has come and found me at the ballpark. Yeah, and I would go above and beyond for that person if you're that one that's, hey, I'm at the Sox game, you know, or I'll be there on Friday. Uh, but I've challenged more than a handful of kids to come and find me because that's where my time is in the summer, right? That's interesting. And that's, that is, that, I mean, that's a huge thing I would point out when somebody, that's why I say use LinkedIn. You should take note of that, that if you're trying to get to me and these guys are nodding their heads and we're saying use LinkedIn, use LinkedIn. Don't text us, don't, you know, send some short email. Here's my, here's my info. Uh, look forward to talking to you. My job is not to find you a job. Your job is to find you a job. And he's teeing you up saying, next time you're at the White Sox game, come find me. Next time you're at the White Sox game, go find him. And he'll probably, he'll find you a spot. I'm, I can't promise that. But I mean, look at, look at how many times somebody has done it so far. You would really stand out if you did that. And it's really simple. And to me, I've got lots of, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I can think lots of times over the years, right, somebody say, you know, that guy down the street is somebody you should go talk to. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 you know. And it ends up he's, you know, the next job up, I see the guy's name and he's the head of Gatorade Sports Marketing. And I could have talked to him when he was a neighbor and now I don't have a connection to him. And what would it have hurt? He could have been, a, he could have been an asshole and closed the door on my, slammed the door on my face. The odds of that happening are pretty small. It's probably the opposite. He's gonna make some time for you, have a conversation, have you come in and meet some other people or re refer you to somebody else. And I, that still sticks for me when I was a 22 year old, of sometimes that I've done that. That's where you have the regrets, not actually going and doing it, it's not doing it. Yeah, you brought up a good point, and uh, Dan Miguel is the one that taught me this. So in sales, right, I always want to talk to the VP of marketing, right? He said, go a level below that, because in five years, the level below will have that job, right? So build the connections with all your interns, everyone you intern with, and don't always go, oh, I need to talk to the VP of this or you know, the director of that. It's go a level below, and because they want to make a name for themselves in their career, not just to get a job, but to build their brand and you know, take ownership of something, uh, 
So well, I reach out yeah. sometimes not just to the VP of marketing, it's uh, the marketing coordinator because that person wants to feel attention and it's, I'll get more information out of that person than I will from the VP of marketing that I'm trying to get. Yeah, and I think that you also touched on you know, your peer group. We talked about this the other day in, in prepping. Was it's very, it's, it doesn't surprise me knowing, I know Dan McGall and Josh Kreitzler from PCG and their type of personalities, the people that they hire are very, very smart people. It doesn't surprise me the success. But you were rattling off the other guys and gals in your group, like ones at FanDuel, ones that, you know, talk a little bit about that, that even in this very short period of time, just a few years later, how your network is now all over the place. Yeah, so uh, when I was working at PCG, we were on Hubbard Street in River North, Chicago, awesome uh, spots to go out to lunch. But uh, PCG at the time, we shared office space with uh, Kevin Adler's group, Engage Marketing, and then AJ Mastis' group, uh, Navigate Marketing. Uh, so you had PCG, Engage, and uh, Navigate. So all 20-some-year-old guys that want to work in sports are working for um, some pretty well-respected people within the industry. So my buddies that I had met with and went to lunch with every single day, we worked in the same office space, uh, wanted to work in sponsorship and sports. So not everyone has stayed with those companies, um, but I just look around and, you know, my friends are uh, doing sponsorships for Miller Coors, uh, overseeing the NHL relationship, uh, Chipotle, um, Ben Levy uh, oversaw NFL team partnerships for FanDuel, and it really just <laughs> was a result of everyone being in one office space, and we grew our careers together, right? So they have just as big of networks as I do, which means my network is exponentially bigger because on LinkedIn, I can see who they're talking to, um, and we really, you know, we have a text thread going with one another, but, you know, make fun of each other every now and then. Uh, I was telling Chris the story of Ben, and I told uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Ben Levy was hired. Um, I, I cleared this that I could tell the story, but I told him not to bother clearing it. But <laughs> you know, it's that first impression you meet of someone. Uh, so Ben walks through the door his first day at Navigate. Uh, he's from Arizona, and he's wearing brown dress shoes, brown socks, shorts, and an untucked polo shirt, and. That was business casual. For yeah, that him. was business casual for him from Arizona. And AJ's like, we need to go take you shopping right now. <laughs> um, so as big as Ben was, you know, running NFL team partnerships for FanDuel, I remember him walking through the door as a kid that literally didn't know what business casual was. So. <laughs> but you quickly figure it out. And if you've got a good group of people that you're around, they help you figure it out. And, you, you know, his career was not over on day one. You know, you adapt and get over it and make fun of each other about it and, and keep moving on. All right, so you know, we talk about getting no 99 times out of 100, but it's also failure can be such a great way to teach, such a great way to learn, learn about yourself, learn how to do your jobs better. Do you have any, put you on the spot, do you have any failures that actually you, know, you, you look at and, well, you, I know you do with your rejection letter, um, the first time from the, you tell us about that one and how you use that to fuel you. Sorry, I won't hijack Anthony. Yeah, but, no, um, it gives Anthony more time to figure his out. So uh, I'm in grad school at Illinois and I apply because all I want to do is work for the White Sox. 
Uh, I applied for their ticket sales internship. I don't hear anything back outside of my, <laughs> my parents got a letter at their house, which is great, right? Because yeah. that was the address on my resume. So I don't hear, I, hey, a piece of mail from the White Sox. And like, I couldn't be more excited. Well, I open it up and says, hey, you know, your, your uh, abilities don't match anything that we're looking for today. Thanks for your interest in the team. And I was like heartbroken. Uh, so that letter sits in my desk today. Like I look at it all the time. And just to remind myself of like Do how bad. You walk down to the ticket office, guys, and go, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> They'll find out today that I have right. this letter, yeah, right. and I use it as motivation <laughs> and everything. But you know, it, it reminds me of myself when I was in college of how bad I wanted to work for the White Sox. So when there's bad days and you get off a bad call, or you're told no from a sponsorship, it's okay. This isn't so bad. Here's where I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be in ticket sales then, or I wanted to be in ticket sales then. But now I know. Okay, I'm in the right spot today, and it happened for a reason. So, right. right. Failure. I, I got a similar where I, you know you needed this internship to graduate, so I'm I'm applying all different places, and I finally get an interview opportunity with uh, WSCR, the Score uh, 670, I think it is. I don't listen to radio anymore, but um, <laughs> is, is that because of this letter? It probably. <laughs> um, so I get this in event management internship or whatever, and I'm super geeked about it, and it's my first interview ever, and I, I go in, and um, I interview with uh, one of the ladies there at the time, and um, they ask me if I have any questions, and I'm like, nope, you know, I, I didn't have any questions. I was very ill-prepared for this interview. Um, I go home thinking, man, I nailed that interview. I was awesome. And... <laughs> literally get a call maybe like a week later, like, or not even a call, you get like an email that's, hey, thanks for coming in, we've decided to move on with our candidates, and the whole time, like I, I overhyped this with my parents, I'm like, I'm gonna be working for the score, I was listening to this radio, the enti you know, my entire uh, high school career, and now I'm, I'm gonna work for them, and, and they're like, yeah, that's awesome, and then totally didn't get the job. <laughs> um, but you use that as motivation, right? You, I mean, you don't quit, you know, you, you keep applying to different opportunities, you keep working hard in the opportunities that you have, um, and that was just my motivation to, to keep going, really. It, it, it did stink at the time. I, I really wanted to work for the score because I thought it would be a cool opportunity. Um, but it didn't let me, you know, I didn't quit. I didn't, you know, I didn't go home and cry about it, maybe a little bit, but, you know, kept going after that. <laughs> but a lesson out of that to preparing. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, I was very ill-prepared. I mean, it, it was an interview, and I literally, when someone asks you if you have any questions, ask questions. Like, I, I didn't... I didn't even think at the time, I thought this lady's answered all my questions. But even if you don't have any questions, just come up with some. Like write down like 10 on like a little notepad that you have so that even if you get answered, you have answered like three or four, you have more questions. It just shows more preparedness for the interview and that you were invested in working for whatever company you're applying for. We're running short on time. What's the best way to contact either uh, of you guys? Is it uh, email? Is it uh, through LinkedIn? Is it a phone call? Everyone in the office makes fun of me because I'm on LinkedIn all the time and they have this great new feature that is chat. So if I'm logged into LinkedIn and you are connected with me and because I'm in sales, I'm trying to get in contact with other people, um, your message is going to pop up right on my screen right in front of me. So now I think I'm going to get spammed by the yeah, people here yeah. today, but no, no, um, all of link, LinkedIn, 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 uh, email's too easy uh, to ignore. So yeah. uh, LinkedIn's great. I like LinkedIn as well. Um, I'm one of those guys, though, that if I get a notification on my phone, I have to look at it. So I have email on my phone. So if you just go to the Chicago Wolves website and look up, you know, go to the front office and look up my email, if you email me, I will read it and 
I probably will respond or I'll fail really bad. So you can definitely email me. <laughs> and don't, yeah, K-R-Z-Y-Z-A-K, you can't. That's, you got to just copy and paste that into. <laughs> you got to copy and paste, yeah. You're going to misspell that for sure. <laughs> All right, and then before we take any questions, a, a, my final one for you guys is as a, like a parting shot, you can jump back in a time machine, come back to senior year, one piece of advice, one thing you'd say, one pump up, anything like that that you would say that you could share with these guys of something you've learned that maybe you wish you had or reinforced back to a you know, junior, senior year of school. Yeah, okay. um, I would say, you know, have your set goal in mind of what you want to do and, and think about, you know, what you're applying to and how that's going to apply to your end goal. Um, but also with that end goal, know that it can be flexible too. So yes, you might have the, the dream job and you might be looking for opportunities that apply to that. Um, but if you get an opportunity somewhere else and, and you take that opportunity, work really hard at that opportunity because if you don't work hard at that opportunity, then your dream goal is already gone because you're going to be thinking about that dream goal when instead you should be focusing on the opportunity at hand. And if you do well at that opportunity at hand, then it just creates more opportunity for you. Yeah, I would say it's uh, getting out of your shell. So one thing I do today, I try to talk to just random people, <laughs> supermarket, whatever. Uh, I'm just introducing myself all the time or striking up a conversation with people because that will help prepare myself hmm. for the next meeting that I'm going to walk into. So I've talked to all different sorts of people um, in all different types of settings just to get comfortable with myself and being in those situations. So what I would say is like break out of your shell. I mean, walk into any of the people that work in the athletic department, just walk in their office, right? Introduce yourself. You'll get more comfortable in your own skin, which is gonna help you interview. That's what I would say. I, I wish I started doing that earlier right. rather than later. A great tip. Do you have anybody that's dying to ask a question? Come on, what do we say? Always have a question prepared. Come on, there it is, let's go. I'll repeat it, so go ahead. Okay, basics of, he's on LinkedIn, but it isn't knowing how to best utilize it, doesn't have a, you know, feeling like a fully built out profile and those kinds of things. What would you guys say? Yeah, uh, I'm on it literally all day long. <laughs> um, friend all your family and friends, right? So start there, because uh, you don't know who they know. Uh, friend all your classmates and start realizing who they know and what they do, right? So that's your biggest network is going to be your friends and family. Um, and so, you know, for example, I'm friends with my father-in-law on LinkedIn because I want to know who he knows in the business world in Chicago. So that's what I would say is you start to build your network out, start with who you know, and then, hey, ask for an introduction to that person that you have a mutual connection with. Piggybacking on that, there's a bunch of different pages that you can follow on LinkedIn, different sports organizations, teams. Um, go on to those and, and like their pages or, or follow their pages because then you can learn more about different opportunities. You know, a lot of teams and a lot of agencies are, are posting their opportunities now on LinkedIn as well. So if, you know, you add those networks and those interests to uh, your LinkedIn profile, then you'll, you're just adding more knowledge and, and getting more aware of, of what's out there and, and what connections you might have and, and seeing what opportunities you might be able to take advantage of. And I, I'll just add to that is I think there's two things that you can do with it is one is no idea really is a new idea. Uh, it's you just looking at different people's profiles of somebody else of either a job that you want or another, you know, a classmate or something of, oh, that's an interesting way to put what they've, what they've done, to position it. 
in a positive way, and I'm going to you know, put my spin on it, but use that. I think that's one thing you do. And the other piece of advice I do for people is, you know, you can be the greatest person in the world, really impress me in, a, in an informational interview, but if I don't have something tangible to take out of that interview and go do something with it, I can't really help you. Like, I've got 4,000 connections on LinkedIn. You go in, look at my connections, and find some, either a place or a job or a specific person that you don't know yet that you've heard this guy or gal's name 20 times and you want to meet them. And ask me to get you an introduction into that place, or do I know anybody who has this kind of job like this person, or uh, you know, can I make that a direct introduction, uh, company person, uh, or job, that kind of introduction. Now I've got, and ask me, you know, two or three people. It's tangible, it's easy enough. I shoot a quick one, I copy you on it, and now you're in, they connect with you, and you're off and running and say, hey, can I have lunch, can I have coffee, can I get on the phone with you, can I shadow you at your office? Everybody does it differently. Find out what that is, and that, or meet them at the ballpark it can be. But do that, and you'll be surprised how much people can open up and what you can learn and have a real experience and a real connection with this person that for the rest of your life, some of them, will be somebody you can always go back to. They may think of you five years down the road for a job. Or, you know, it's, it's amazing how that can happen. But you've got to ask and make a specific ask to, to, to do that. Anything else? Do we do, we do all right? We do all right? Good. We'll do the official close out here that uh, Joe Ronofsky, Anthony Krizak, thank you very much for being on the Painless Podcast today. Thank you. All right. Thanks again, Anthony and Joe. I also wanted to thank their bosses, Mike Gordon, the president of the Wolves, and George McDonald, the head of partnerships at the White Sox. I would consider them friends of mine, and uh, they were good friends in recommending both of these guys as great spokespeople and uh, great representatives of their organization. So thanks to them as well. And I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, in addition to Jamar and Steven, uh, some of the other guys at the ISBC gang, Tristan, and, uh, oh, uh, two very special thanks. I can't forget Sarah Warren. You fixed my hotel snafu down there. Thank you very much. And uh, Amy Devitt, you took the great photography, uh, the great photos that we're using for all the social media. Thanks to everybody with ISBC. Check the pod description for links to connect with Joe, Anthony, and the ISBC group, plus Shamrock and IEG conference links and codes. And just one more thing. Don't go yet. Save the date. March 15th is the Tourney Watch and St. Patty's Day event we do every year. Always a great turnout. We're going to be at Joe's on Weed in Chicago this year from 4.30 to 8.30, Thursday, March 15th, at Joe's. Be there. All right, enough of me. I'll get out of your ears. Have a great rest of your week. And until next time, it's Chris Hartwig saying, stay connected, friends. <laughs>